Good morning, brothers. Buenos dias. Wow, que increíble. All right, are you guys ready for the call of duty? Man, that, that song woke me up. <laughs> Amen. You know, uh, Satan was out. Satan was out this morning trying to stop me. My car wouldn't start, and I said, "No way! I can't miss church. I got to get here one way or another." So I sent my wife on an Uber, and then I got my car jump started. So, thank God I'm here. Uh, this is a historic moment. This is the beginning of a whole new relationship. This is the beginning of a new chapter in my life and a new chapter in the history of the metro region. This is a chapter that you guys are writing in the history and the annals of the kingdom of God. I want us to just stop for a minute and think about this. We're starting something brand new again. It's the way God is, you know. God loves new starts. No matter how great or how bad a day might be, thankfully the sun goes down and you get a new one, right? You can have a horrible week, but it ends and you get a brand new one. Or a month or a year. And God is always starting things new. And this marks the beginning of a new chapter in the history of of the church in the metro region. Amen. It's very exciting. I love the title I was given, The Call of Duty. I'm curious, have any of the, to give honor where honor is due, any of you guys that are served in the military, please stand. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Now, any of you guys who are currently soldiers, please stand. Excuse me, but my Bible says you are all soldiers of Christ, so please, everybody, stand. See, okay, now, now I see our first problem. We're not sure who we are. We sang it. We just said we are soldiers. I went to the theater the other day and I was buying my ticket paying way too much. And the girl said, are you military? And I said, well, I'm a soldier of Christ. She goes, okay, that'll work for me. And she gave me the discount ticket. I said, thank you, Jesus. So you have to try that one. Let's try the clicker. I think I got a clicker. I got a really fancy one here. Nice. So, the call of duty. Everybody gets a call, right? We all get called. By God. A very famous moment captured in scripture when God called Isaiah. He said, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I. 
send me. And I love this heart because everybody gets a call. But very few people either hear the call or respond to the call. Most people ignore the call. But God gives everybody a call. He gives us all a call. That's right. But you have to be listening. You've got to be aware. In fact, I think, I think we should, to make sure we don't miss our call, let's go ahead and start out with a prayer. Come on. Yeah. God in heaven, thank you, Father, for loving us and caring about us. Yeah. Thank you for being here amongst us, Father, even right now. Yeah. For being with our wives as they worship you. Uh, for being with people all over the world who are worshiping you. For being with people all over the world who don't know you. And still loving them and caring about them. Thank you God for your incredible patience. And we ask God that you not give up on us. But that you keep calling even when we don't answer God. But help us to answer the call Father. Help us to have the spirit of here am I. Send me God. Not here am I, send the other guy. Help us to have that heart to respond to you, Father. And even now, as we open our Bibles, help us to have open minds and open hearts, God. And to hear whatever you have to say to each of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, we, we, we get these calls from God, sometimes when we're kids even. Something will happen, we'll see somebody pray, or something will make us think about God and realize that maybe there is a God. I mean, many of us, how many of us got drugged to church every Sunday by somebody, right? My ears used to be small, but I went to Mass many times, and I have the ears to prove it. And I would wonder about God. And when I was little, service was still in Latin. I didn't understand a word of it. But the statues and the paintings scared me. And made me realize maybe something's going on out there. Some of us, maybe something happened to us growing up. Maybe a car accident. Maybe somebody died. Maybe we got sick. Some of us in life have suffered, and, and, and we got a call from God. We, we, something called our attention and made us realize that there is a God out there, that maybe something is happening, that maybe God is real. Sorry, that's me. Someone invited you. It's God calling. Somebody invited you to church. Somebody, maybe it's as straightforward as just somebody said, hey, God wants you to go to church this Sunday. And we wondered about that. How many times have I heard the story, somebody sharing their testimony, oh, this happened that night I got on my knees and asked God to please give me direction or please help me. And the next morning somebody invited me to church. I've heard that, time, that, I've heard that story 50 times. In different people's lives all over the world. And God was calling them and they recognized it. Maybe it was having a baby. There was a research uh, study done that where they asked all these dads, what was your first thought when you saw your child? 
And the number one answer was God. When that miracle moment hit them, a new person brought into the world, and the first thought was God. Maybe that was the calling. Something got you here today, right? You're here because somehow God got a hold of you. And he speaks in many ways. Sometimes through these events. Sometimes through friends. Sometimes through people that we don't even like. I I came because I just wanted to get the guy to stop bugging me about it. And I figured if I went, he'd lay off. And he didn't, thankfully. But always the question is, are you paying attention when God calls you? Because it's not just one phone call. It's not just one calling. There's a calling to come and get to know him, but then there are other callings once you do know him, right? But you've got to be listening. You have to be listening. There was a guy one time, it was in the late 1800s, and he was studying to be a telegraph operator. You know, the little machine, you know, the way they would send messages. And he was studying this and, and he was all excited. He graduated, got his little diploma and he went off to find a job, saw one ad, somebody was looking for a telegraph operator. So he goes down to the office and he walks in and there's like 30 people waiting for the same, to interview for the same job. He's like, oh, but this guy was determined. So he walks up to the secretary and says, I want this job. She said, go sit down, give me your application, go sit down and we'll call you if we want you. So he went and he sat down and he waited and he waited and he waited. Meanwhile, people are working. There's, you know, all the noise in the background, you know, all the noises in the background. And he's waiting and he's waiting and everybody's waiting. They're all kind of looking at each other, wondering who's going to get the job and they're getting uptight and he's getting, they're all, everybody's anxious. And all of a sudden he gets up and he walks up to the secretary and he says, I'll take the job. She says, it's yours. And everybody's like, what? You know, everybody's mad and upset. We've been here longer. I was the first one here. The whole time somebody had been sending the message on the telegraph machine, if you want the job, come and accept it. But he was the only one listening. The only one paying attention. God is always speaking. God is always calling us. The question is, are we listening? Are we paying attention? What is God calling you to right now? We should know. It should be right on the top of our head. If it's not, you probably haven't been listening. You say, well, I didn't see any writing on the wall. Look, as far as I know, that only happened once in history. Well, I'm still waiting for my personal angel to appear. As far as I know, that only happened a half times. I'm sorry, but most of us, the call came through somebody else. Somebody we know. Somebody normal, not, not superpowers. Not, they didn't fly into the room. They didn't, they didn't appear in the middle of the night. They weren't glowing. It was a normal person who just Spoke to them. Sorry about that. It was just somebody God sent to them. That's how most people throughout history, the billions who've lived, got their call from God. 
God sent somebody to them. Not a personal appearance, but a personal call. And what does God want you to do? You know, I've been thinking a lot about moving here. We're almost here. My heart's here now. Amen. My mind's here now. Amen. My spirit's here. My furniture's still in San Diego, but we'll get it here. I'm coming up piece by piece. The question then becomes, so what, what exactly is he calling me to? You know, I think a lot about coming here. And who do I need to be for God, for you, to be the servant that I've been called to be for you guys? To use the gifts that I've been given, the education I've been giving, the training I've been given, to serve you. And to help you, one, get to heaven. Amen? Amen. But also to help you help other people get to heaven. Right. right? And I saw the billboard driving in. It's we, not me. It's all about we, not me. I thought, I like that. Because it isn't just me. I appreciate the welcome I've gotten. I, I so appreciate it. But it's we. <laughs> It's all of us that are going to make a difference. But we got to know our calling, right? So are you being called to be a religious person? Are you being called to be clean cut? Not unless your job requires it, you know. Are you being called by God to be somebody you're not? Kind of yes, but kind of no. Are you being called to be a holy man? Kind of yes, but kind of no. Are you being called to be a church attender? Yes, but no. To be a Bible thumper? I hope not. To be a... My aunt used to call them the Alleluias. <laughs> She'd say, watch out for those Alleluias. They'll come to your door and then they make you leave your church are we being called to be hallelujahs no but yes but no right halle halle means to praise right and jah is god praise god hallelujah right we are called to praise god but not called to be religious so what duty is God calling us to? I love summary scriptures. Scriptures that just boil everything down to the basics. So that I can understand it. Put all the theology aside. What's the bottom line? What does God want? And he says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. Here it is. There's one right there. What does God want? He wants you to fear him. You mean like be afraid? No, 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 not like be afraid. It's, it's a different word. In Hebrew, it, it connotates more respect. 
to respect somebody. If, if, if you're out there, you know, playing football and some guy walks up 6'5", 350 pounds, you're going to respect him if he's in front of you, right? You're going to respect his size and his strength, especially if you weigh less than half what he weighs, right? It's more like that. It's respecting because of something that somebody is. It's understanding. Now understand that there is an element of fear in there. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. When God called the Hebrews out of Egypt, he brought them to Mount Sinai and he scared them. Remember all the, the thunder and the lightning and the trumpets and all that? He wanted them to understand that he isn't some little God that you can wear on a necklace or that you can put on a shelf or that you can paint on a wall. This is a God who controls all the elements, right. whose creation is in the palm of his hand. No God to be disrespected. I realize this traveling all over the world. There's one thing that men all have in common. They all want to be respected. Respect is important, especially for men. We get that. I mean, when, oh, sorry, that's me again. Wow. We all want to be respected, right? I mean, it's interesting, the Bible, the Bible commands us to do what with our wives? Husbands what? Love your wives. But it tells the women to respect your husband. I mean, it's not that we don't need to be loved. We need to be loved. But what do we really want? R-E-S-P-E-C-T, right? We want respect. When, I, when we moved to Jamaica, I had to learn that. Respect, man. Yeah, man. Respect. Is the way you... You connect, Yama, respect. I love some of the key words down there. I learned repent, man. Repent. It's not just repent. Respect. You want it, I want it, we want it, we want it in our lives. We want to be respected. How much more does God deserve to be respected? This is our duty. To respect him. To show him the respect that he deserves. Not because we live in ignorant fear, but because we know how great he is. Because we know how awesome he is. Because we know that with a change of mind, he could wipe us all out. And yet he chooses to love you. He chooses to present himself as a father to you. That's incredible. I mean, you want to talk about a major need. Fathers. A loving father. You know how valuable that is on this planet? And all over the world. It's one of the biggest needs in every country, in every part of the world. It doesn't escape me that all the Marvel heroes and the DC heroes all have dad issues. All of them. Batman, Superman, Aqua, all of them do. And it tells me something about our psyche. About what we need and what we want. God chooses to present himself. 
as a loving father who cares about you. Despite the fact that he could just wipe us out. He chooses to love us even though he totally knows us. He knows you. The things you have never told anybody. He knows it. Your secret sin that you think nobody knows, wrong again. God knows. I remember we were living in New Jersey and they were going to put cameras on the intersections. And it was a huge uproar. Everybody was fighting against the government and everybody was complaining and they shut it down. Of course, they come out here and every intersection's got cameras. But in, in Jersey, they were fighting over it. And I said, well, what's it matter if somebody's watching? God is always watching. And you're going to have to answer to him. He's always watching. Sorry. I'm going to get good at turning this phone off. Respecting God. With what? Our lives. Our time on this earth. Our priorities. How we treat people. What we do with our lives. What we do with our bodies. What we do with the time, the talent, the education, the gifts we've been given. All of that should respect, should reflect our respect of God and what he's given us and what he's done for us. It does not escape me that I live in a land of plenty in a land blessed with so many things compared to most anybody on the planet. We have been given so much. And not just wealth, not just that we can walk into a grocery store and there's 50 different sodas to choose from, 25 different kinds of milk. In most countries where people would love to have any kind of milk, or even how about just clean water? And we have it in abundance. But not just that. We have spiritual gifts in abundance. We have spiritual cornucopia. Bibles and devotionals and podcasts and websites and, and I mean, in nice covers. Well, I kept, I messed mine up, but you know, leather bound Bible. We have so much all around us. So what are we doing with it? Are we showing our respect for God and what he's done for each of us that we were born here and now? What's the call? So the first call is clearly to respect God. But it's also a call to be spiritual. The Bible says, endure hardship with us like a good soldier. A soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Respecting God is a call, but also part of that call is it's a call to be spiritual. That we're called to be spiritual men. Something that's incredibly rare in this world. I mean, you go into most churches, there's a whole lot more women in there. And the, and the general leaders of most families 
I know this for a fact in Latin culture. Generally, the, the spiritual leader is always the mom or the grandma. And we're called to be the leaders. We're called to lead the way. Who needs to lead the way in creating an incredible region that changes these cities, that is a light to the world? Who needs to lead that? Right here, you're looking at them. Not me, look at the guy next to you. Yeah, it's me, but it's also you. Right? He says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We need to be respecting God. We need to be spiritual. We're called to be spiritual. We're also called to fight, to be tough. My Bible's tough. To be strong. What do I mean by that? You mean a bully? No, not that kind of strong. That's not really strong at all. That's weak. Strong in the Lord. Strong in our fight. I remember my dad told me one time when I was a kid. He said, there are some fights you have no business being in. And you keep yourself out of it. And there are other fights you have no business staying out of. And you better get in there. Right. Now I remember one time I was reading, I was reading uh, Let the Trumpet Sound. And this, one of his friends walked in and Martin Luther King was in jail and they asked him, he said, what are you doing in there? And he looked at him and said, what are you doing out there? There's some fights you need to stay out of. It's not your business. But there are other fights you need to jump in. And there is a spiritual battle going on out there. If somebody broke into your house and was going to attack your mom or your wife or your sister or your daughter, would you not fight? You wouldn't sit there and think, okay, what's the theological implications of violence? I'm a Christian. Should I use violence? I don't think so. I think you grab this quickest bat and go at it. Because it's instinctual to protect, right? To fight for those you love. God fights for us. Jesus fought Satan for us. We have to fight for each other. Our call is to be tough. Our call is to be fighters. Our call is to not just watch it. Most of us, we love a good fight, right? Good boxing match, good MMA. We love to see a couple guys throw down. The toughest fight going on out there is a war on drugs in our families. The emotional battles that are being fought out there. The addiction fight that's going on out there. The relationships that are falling apart and fighting in the wrong way. Those are the battles that are tearing up lives all around us. I mean, I won't even ask, but how many of us have people we love that are being destroyed by addiction? 
that we care about. That's a fight. So, bro, is that a spiritual battle? You bet that's a spiritual battle. Because in many cases, you know, it's like, it's like, remember when the apostles were casting out demons and they got one, they couldn't cast them out and they had to go get Jesus and Jesus came and cast them out. There are demons out there. There's some that are way bigger than others. And you will not beat this by yourself. Or the people you love are not going to overcome by themselves. They're going to be overcome. And they need God. And they need faith. And they need the strength of the Spirit to overcome and to change. And to find victory in their lives. And that's the kind of soldiers we need to be. We have to understand that's what I'm called to be. But we got to be ready for that. We have to understand that's our calling. And we have to understand how important that is right now. Redefine who we are. I remember one time, I had a lowrider, right? I shared that once. And, and somebody called my cousin up. I was out with my cousin. They said, oh, the, the channels, the news station wants to do a thing on lowriders. So they need about 10 lowriders. Can you guys come down to this parking lot? Oh, yeah, my car on TV? Oh, yeah, you bet. So we all jumped in our cars. We drove down there. There's four or five friends. We had all the lowriders parked, right? And we're sitting there waiting for the TV station. And this lowrider cruises by. It was a lowrider from an opposite neighborhood, an enemy neighborhood. And he takes off and he comes back about 10 minutes later with about 10 cars. And they parked on the other side. And we're sitting there and I'm like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> and they get out of their cars and they've got bats and chains. And my cousin and I are like, oh, no. So I had a crowbar under my seat. So I grabbed my crowbar. I wasn't a Christian yet, okay, just for the record. <laughs> just make sure you're under like, what kind of disciple is this guy? And I was like 17, all right? And we get out, and I wasn't ready. We're all dressed up. These guys got way more stuff than we do. And they start walking over, and just then, the TV channels pull up. <laughs> and I was like, thank God. <laughs> and then they tell us what their topic is. Barrio unity. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Yeah, we needed God. <laughs> Are you ready for the fight? Next year, we're going to fight. Amen. I'm determined that next year is going to be the greatest year of this region's history. But I know this, and I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a fight. Michelle and I moved to Puerto Rico. And they sent us there. They said... You know, this is back when every church was baptizing 100 people their first year. They'd been there three years, and there were 30 members. They said, something went wrong. Something's not going on right there. So we packed up, moved there, and I met with the, we met with the leaders. And they said, bro, it's tough here. There's, there's this, this place is like the throne of Satan or something. I said, well, the bottom line is it's, it's, it's faith. The greater the battle, 
the greater the faith you have to have. Because God is God everywhere. And no neighborhood, no community, no city is greater than God. So it's just an issue of how much faith do we have? And are we willing to fight for this? That next month, well, actually it was three months later. The church, it was weird, the church had grown to 53 members. And I looked at all their membership for the last three years. Every year it grew to 53 members in April and then shrank down to 30 by December. Next year, by April 1st, 53 members shrank down to 30. So we were there, we started growing, we started seeing people baptized. It's April 1st, guess how many members we had? 53 members. <laughs> that month was an all-out fight. Of the 53 members, 30 of them were in the hospital that month. All different things. I fell through a glass table and cut up my back. I came home and I, we had prayer nights. And I still have every sermon. The first sermon was blood, sweat, and tears. The second sermon was never give up till you die. And I just, I just preached faith, faith, faith. We're going to fight through this. Yeah. It's an issue of faith. And Satan has intimidated us. And he's got us to back down on our faith. And now he has all these victories over us. We're going to bust through this. Right. And then, so I called for a prayer night. All the brothers are going to come over. We're going to pray in my living room. So I pull up to the house. And I'm sitting there about to get out. And I saw my rearview mirror. Some, a couple of shadows go flying by. Ah, oh, it's the brothers. They're trying to scare me. <laughs> so I opened the door. And it wasn't the brothers. It was three guys. No, there are no lawyers in Puerto Rico. They don't even know what that is. They're not enlightened yet. But anyways, three guys go pulling up. And they have their shirts pulled up. And they have handguns. And they all three stuck their handguns in my face and they were like shaking. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to shoot me in the face on accident. <laughs> and they were pointing their guns in my face. And they were yelling at me this stuff in Puerto Rican Spanish, which I still didn't understand. <laughs> what? Hablame en español que puedo entender. Okay. You know? And I still didn't understand it yet. But it was obvious. They're pointing guns. They're pointing at my car. My kid, I just bought a little Honda Civic. So I said, you know, I, and, and then I heard somebody screaming in the background down the street. La policía ya viene, la policía, la policía ya viene. That means police. And, and so I told them, I said, you guys better get out of here. So I threw them the keys. I said, the police are coming. You better get out of here. And, 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 and those guys looked like the, the oldest one maybe was 16. So they jump in my car, and the thing that I didn't think about was my car was clutch. It was, it was, oh. it was managed. So they were like, ar, ar, ar. I was like, God, please protect my transmission. <laughs> and they were going up the hill. And, and right as they went over the hill, this 1972 Mach 1 Mustang pulls up. And this guy goes, come on, let's go get him in Spanish. But he says, come on, let's go get him. And I was like, hey. They have guns, we don't. How about we call the cops? And why don't you come on in and we'll have some coffee and I'll get to meet you. So he's like, okay, you know, and he pulls over and him and his wife come in. Amazing, we totally hit it off. Total Puerto Rican guy is a tennis instructor, good looking guy, you know, all this. They get baptized like two weeks later. Wow. Then his mom and his dad, then his sister, then his niece, then her mom and dad, then her brother and her family and all these people become Christians. 
And guess what? We end the month over 60 members. And we don't look back. We just keep going. So we break 100, we keep going. But it was a fight. Guys, things aren't just going to turn around real easy. It's going to be a fight. And you got to be ready for the fight. It's a spiritual fight. It means you've got to put your armor on. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and sometimes those days get strung along to many days, and they turn into months. You may be able to stand and your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then. You know, in the ancient times, the fact that you're standing meant you survived the battle. The guys that are laying on the ground are the ones that didn't. So the fact that you're still standing. And I appreciate. I know I don't have an inkling of all that you've been through. But I know you've been through a lot. You've been through things that could totally discourage a person. That could take the heart out of a man. There are things that really deeply discourage us. Whenever we can't count on leadership. Or whenever we can't count on the brother next to us. Whenever somebody lies to us. Or we've been disillusioned. Or when something is not what we thought it was. Or when we feel like we've been deceived and made a fool out of. And those things can knock the stand right out of a man. But you guys are still here. You're still standing. Thank you. To you. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We're going to do what's right. Amen? We're going to be a group of men who are committed to righteousness. That means we deal with our sin. That means we throw the garbage out of our heart. That means we have a conviction about keeping ourselves pure. Amen? That means if you're looking at pornography now, stop it. Talk to somebody about it. Don't just think, oh, I'll handle this. Ask any addict. That's a stupid lie. You're going to need help. Get open. Get honest. Deal with the garbage in your heart. If you're hateful, if you're angry, if you're bitter, if you're racist, if you're just mean or whatever you are, throw it out. Get rid of it. So you can set yourself up for victory. Deal with it. The breastplate of righteousness in place. With your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Be ready. I don't know exactly what we're going to change or what we're going to to work through that together. We're going to figure out how to be the best we can be for God. Amen? But always that starts with a personal decision and a personal conviction. I'm going to be my best. As Gandhi said, be what you want. Be the change you want to see in the world. Right? First, be what you want the world, what you want the church to be, what you want your region to be, what your family needs you to be. Fight for them. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. I don't know where your faith is today. 
But I know this, that when we go through tough times, faith gets beaten down. And I know that is a fact. And I want you to have your faith at maximum potential. It means spending some great time with God. You know, there's not going to be any big changes till the end of this year at least. But I do, I, I want us to get to know each other and God. So that we start the year walking with God. And let God do amazing things in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in our hearts, with our children's lives, with our grandchildren's lives. To be the men that God can do great things. I've seen it again and again and again. When we walk with God, miracles happen. Great things happen. Satan's chains are broken. Walls that we couldn't get beyond are torn down. And amazing things are allowed to happen. So addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And he will attack. I, I, I know that for a fact. I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know what he's going to do, but I know he will. Amen. He will try to stop all of us from having success and victory. I know this. And this is why I came here. God is setting you up for great things. I just want to be part of that. I want you to be part of that. But I also know Satan's going to attack. And he's going to try to sift you out. If he can. Usually before anything great happens, there's always a preemptive attack. Before Jesus really launched his ministry, he had to take on Satan in the desert. So watch out. Be alert. Take off the flaming arrows. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I don't know where you're at with your quiet times, with your Bible study, but I want to challenge you to recommit yourself to be a man of God's Word. To memorize scriptures, to have your scriptures ready that you've got in your heart that you're memorizing, that you're getting to know. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. We cannot... We cannot space out this moment. There's two Greek words for time. One is chronos, and that's just time going by. The other one is kairos. And that's the word for that special moment. The key moment... This is a Kairos moment. This is a Kairos time right now. It's a turning point. Don't miss it. Don't space out. The writer of Hebrews said, We must pay most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. The biggest challenge I see, how many of you have been Christians more than 20 years? That's a lot of you. That's a lot of you. You know what happens when you've been doing something for 20 years? You get bored. It becomes rote. You can do it without even paying attention. You can take communion without even thinking of Jesus. You can go to church without even thinking spiritual. You can just go through it because it's so ingrained in you. Don't let that be you. Be aware, be in the moment. Be aware of what we're doing. Why are you here today? 
Because God wants you here today. And I don't know of all the stuff I'm saying, a lot of stuff of what I'm saying, which of it is God speaking to you? You should know. You probably do know already what God is telling you. He says, for since the message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received its punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. He says, look, we can't ignore Jesus. We cannot ignore his message. If people were held responsible to obeying the angels when they gave a message, how much more are we responsible to obeying Jesus when he gives a message? He's not just an angel. He is the son of God. He is the monos henatos, the one and only begotten son of God, our savior, our Lord, our Messiah. He says, don't space out on what he tells you and make sure you carry it through and he says, and we know who it is who speaks to us. We know Jesus. He proved himself through the miracles in our lives. How many of you, if you went through radical changes when you became a Christian, raise your hand. Look around. Major changes. Some of us broke addictions. Some of us broke vicious cycles of hatred. Some of us were set free of, of enemies and, and, and terrible relationships. Some of us saved our marriages. Some of us got our kids back. All those were signs and miracles that Jesus performed. But I hope that all those signs and miracles aren't all from way back then. What signs and miracles are in your life lately? And I'm not saying this to make you feel bad because I know that a lot of us, it's been a while. How long? Too long. And it means we need to get back to Jesus. Simply that, that we need to get back to him. So he says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. And I want to close out with this. You know, the instruction he gives us is to get focused on Jesus again, right? To get our thoughts back on Jesus. I want to end my life being able to say, I did my duty. I did everything God wanted me to do. And my family will show it. My marriage will show it. The fruit of my life will show it. Paul said this. He looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. He answered the call. Amen. Do you hear the call? Amen. Are you answering the call? This guy, Bruce Evans, keeps calling me. My point is don't ignore the call. It's irritating when somebody ignores the call, doesn't it? Don't try ghosting God. He knows you're there. 
He knows you can hear him. And he knows if you're ignoring him. Answer the call. Get back to him. Set your sight on this. The next couple of months as we wrap up the year, get really close to God. Get ready for the fight, guys. Next time somebody says, if you're a soldier, stand up, stand up. Because you are soldiers. But you got to be ready for the battle. God bless you. Amen. Respect, man. Good job, Robert.